After six tonight, you're going to hear Pakistan Black Caps day two from Karachi, uh, Daniel McCarty, Jeremy Coney, Garth Galloway, Richie Richard Petrie, the absolute team uh, locked and loaded for day two, more cricket after the Black Caps last night managed to put themselves in a pretty dominant position, although I will note, maybe not as dominant as I expected when I went to bed, actually. I don't know. Maybe my expectations were too high. Well, let's ask someone that loves cricket, knows far more about cricket than I do, plays cricket, talks about cricket, reports on cricket, works for News Hub. He's their cricket man. It's Alex Chapman. He's also my housemate for about one month longer. Chappie, how are you? Are we announcing that to the world now, are we? Are we telling people about our long-standing relationship ending? Yeah, well, I don't know. It could be good to find a replacement for the room. I mean, this is kind of like free advertise, free, free advertise. <laughs> free. It's like you don't have to use trade me property or any of that, or like uh, the, the Auckland flatmates wanted group. We can just we've got the, we've got the tool of radio, don't we? Uh, no, but it is. You know, I've lived with Chappie for how long have we lived together now, mate? Like five years, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, just over five years. And how much cricket have we talked about throughout the years? Off here. Uh, off, off here, um, oh, probably more cricket than anything else I'd say. I'd say we've spent more time watching and talking about cricket than probably anything else in the world apart from maybe drinking alcohol. Oh, but again, again, very again. responsible about. <laughs> we, you know, I mean that's that's not that doesn't sound like me. Um, but mate, there's there's lots of it to talk about. I actually have Baz on the show after five o'clock because yesterday, and you'll love you'll love this. Yesterday was a decade from the forty-five all out in uh, South Africa, which Cape Town, which was humiliating. Going through the scorecard, how's this for the the team? Guppy one, McCullum seven, Williamson thirteen, Brownlee naught, Duck. Uh, Daniel Flynn, eight, before he got caught and bowled by Dale Stain. BJ Watling, duck. James Franklin, one. Doug Bracewell, two. Jeets, five. Big stand by Jeets. Bolty, one. And Chris Martin, duck. So that was a decade ago. And what the Black Caps have done for a decade since is quite remarkable. So we talked to Baz about that. But you've been right in the thick of it for that decade. Their turnaround has been quite seismic, hasn't it? Yeah, my, my entire time covering cricket and as a sports journalist has been throughout this time uh, in New Zealand cricket history, which has been our most fruitful and our most fortuitous in terms of men's game. And um, the fact that, if memory serves me correctly, Baz was only opening because Peter Fulton got called into the squad to replace Ross because Ross decided not to tour because everything that happened with the captaincy. And Baz was going to bat, bat four, I think, and Fulton was going to open, but then Fulton got injured or sick or something, so Baz had to open and was like, I'm really going to take a stance here. Yeah, there's a little bit of cloud around, um, but let, let's have a crack with the bat if and take the aggressive option, which obviously worked for him throughout his entire career, uh, except on his first day as New Zealand cricket captain. Um, yeah, shambles. Got, got a few better players at the end, though, Luke. I'll tell you what, there's a few that you go, oh, man, a lot of them would struggle to get a New Zealand cricket contract nowadays. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, I mean, the, like, it's it's changed seismically, like, the not just the landscape of New Zealand cricket, but culturally and then from a performance standpoint. But, you know, and I don't want to kind of be the, the doomsday forecaster, 
you kind of feel like things are shifting again for New Zealand cricket, and I don't know what that next phase looks like. I would say it would be very hard to replicate the success that they've had because they've had so much of it. But it does feel like there's a bit of an end of an era and I guess that's not even a controversial thing to say because we've got a new test captain. We've got players turning down contracts to pursue the game elsewhere. Do you feel like that on the front lines of reporting cricket in New Zealand? Do you feel like we are going through another transition period? I don't think it is controversial at all. You just have to look at the age of most of the players and where they're at in their careers. Uh, and, and on reflection, it's almost become a little bit of a double-edged sword that we have had this marvellous generational talent for so long because, yeah, it's been fantastic having Kane Williamson there for so long and Bolt and Southie and um, they're probably the main three and are a relatively tight, close um, in terms of age. But it's also meant that guys like a 19-year-old Tim Southie, which we had in 2008, because we needed someone new and fresh to come in, haven't been able to be blooded and developed in that system. And you look at for example, New Zealand had a really good New Zealand A tour to India in, I think, like August, September, which Robbie O'Donnell captained. Um, and I'll always put my hand up and be open about the fact that I, I am a very proud Aucklander. I love Auckland cricket in particular. Um, and there's far too many of you dirty old cantabs in New Zealand sports journalism. So we need more Aucklanders singing from the rooftops. And you look at someone like a Robbie, who probably... 10 plus years ago would have already had a New Zealand cricket contract, would have been in and out of this Black Caps 11 probably half a dozen times at least already and who knows where mentally he may be and that's the the beautiful thing about the state of New Zealand cricket at the moment is that it hasn't happened to guys like that but at the same time, as I say, it hasn't given us a chance to develop some of those younger guys, particularly, and this is where I'm most concerned, is the fast bowling stocks. Because you take out Bolt, Salvi, Wagner, Henry, who are all relatively similar age. I think Matt Henry's a little bit younger than them, and Neil Wagner's probably 36, 37 now. Um, that you know, It's Blair Tickner, who's 28 years old. Jacob Duffy, I think, is around 27, 28. Yeah, Ben Sears is fantastic and is young and is raw, but Ben Sears is also fantastic, young and raw, which as a guy that bowls genuine gas, 145 plus, he is going to be broken a lot over the next 10 plus years. And you look at guys that have bowled in excess of 140 plus for New Zealand in, in the last 10, 15 years, Bond, Ferguson, Milne, apart from bowling really fast, what do they have in common? They're injured often. So um, you can't just rely on someone like a Ben Sears, which does then, to then flip it back around, as I say, it's not even just, not even just a double-edged sword, it's probably a four-edged sword. Um, it does present opportunities for someone like a Ben Lister, who's 26, 27, and is bowling really, really well for Auckland at the moment. But it's then just getting them into that environment and not just relying on New Zealand A tours, but having them in wider squads, giving them those opportunities to, while Bolt, Southie, et cetera, are still around, and the bat as well, while Williamson's still around, while Latham's still around, to go in and just really learn and be sponges, as cliche as that is. Yeah, the resource part of it's really interesting because actually in a, in a perfect world for New Zealand cricket, a lot of these players would go off uh, while they don't, while they're not essentially contracted, go and get experience around the world, then come back and play for their country. Where I worry a little bit is I think that's going to become less of an allure and, and uh, if we get to the point that youngsters that haven't had you know, your Trent Bolt level of experience and played hundreds of times for their country are deciding that it's not necessarily worth them hanging around, that's
that's when we'll be in a really tricky place. Just on the, the style of game they play, Tim Southey is the captain now. I probably thought that they would play a bit more aggressively. Is there anything we have seen, this is test cricket, is there anything we have seen through six days in Pakistan now that suggests that? Because I think for the most part, it's been very similar to when Kane Williamson was captain. And is that the Gary Stead part of this? Yeah, it's the Gary Stead part of it, but also you're not going to straight away see a completely different style of play when... Gary said, and in the coach's case, is still there. And I think that's where England has flourished. Like, yeah, we're calling it baseball because of what Brendan's done when he's come in, but also it is a brand-new captain. And we saw that with Mike Hesson and Brendan McCullum as a partnership, and coaching and captaincy as a complete partnership. Um, in a way, you are, as a captain in cricket, you are in control of everything on the field, obviously. It's different uh, rugby, for example, where you can send a message down and the coach is kind of the one almost being a, a bit of a puppet master. Um, it, Tim, Tim Salvey and his predecessors, the likes of Kane Williamson and Brendan McKillum, they are completely in charge. But you also have to bear in mind that Gary Stead, for example, is part of the selection committee and will have a massive say in that. So I think also, as you say, it's only six days that we've seen them and, and yeah Brennan McCullum and Ben Stokes kind of made an immediate impact but that's such a rarity man like it's probably going to take a little bit of a while for us to start seeing this Tim Southey brand of test cricket and we didn't see it straight away with Brennan McCullum it was probably I'd love to, to hear from Baz actually what he thinks in terms of how long it was or how quickly he felt they were starting to play his style of play when he took over well you know what's funny is if you go back and look at the timeline it, it it actually was pretty fast. If you th- think about it, he actually his three hundred against India was only. A, and by the way, they are race seven at Greymouth just going now. This is the Greymouth Cup. The New Zealand Cup winner LJ is backing up here, so it's pretty exciting to see him on the west coast for Kevin Myers. We're going to give you a replay of this race once we're done with Jackie, but we got cricket to talk about. He scored his three hundred only a year after he took over, and then two years after they were in the World Cup final. So you think about that that period of the 2015 World Cup, and that's kind of like the vintage Baz era, right? When you think of Baz, mm. that's kind of what you think about. It's only two years post that South African situation. I, I guess because it was such a, I don't want to use the word shambles, but it was um, a dark time for New Zealand cricket, and we've been through so much pain and frustration as New Zealand cricket fans that with this brand-new toy coming in, and this brand new show for us to watch that it felt like it was going for so long. It was a new um, identity. You know, you look at, well, exactly. But you look at, you know, some great TV shows, you're like, man, that show went on for ages. And it turns out there's actually only like two or three seasons of a fantastic TV show. But because you were so engrossed in it and because it was so different and because it was so much fun and the journey and the ride they took us on was so fruitful and wonderful that it probably felt like it was a lot longer than it ended up being. But... Yeah, now we're in a brand new era. Now we're back touring Pakistan. Yeah, that's right. We're literally back touring Pakistan, not the UAE. Uh, All right, before we talk, I want to finish off talking a bit of Big Bash, mate, because I know you love your, you're a massive Big Bash campaigner. Um, But before before we get there, how do you see tonight playing out? Live commentary on SCNZ, naturally. Um, 309 for six. Isha's back in the stone wall with Tom Blundell. Can Can they put on a couple of hundred? I'm disappointed in the position they're in, to be honest. Yeah, it me too, such, a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was such a sensational start, and it was almost like a, a floundering, flailing finish to be 309 for six. Um, they, they need to get at least probably 
$4.20, I'd say, to be relatively happy and relatively comfortable with it. Um, it's big time on Blundell and Sodi because we know what those guys who are then going to come out and bat will do. They'll Wagner and Henry will grind away a little bit, but we know how Tim Southie's going to bat. Um, and we know that AJS Patel will have a little bit of a nudge as well. Yeah, they need to really try and score some runs here. But from what um, Devin Conway was saying earlier this morning in press conference, that this pitch is starting to wear already. And that's almost why they decided to bat first as well. It was still a little bit green, while it was still hard. Go out, have a crack, try to score some runs and then see what happens. But yeah, they need another probably 120 plus runs. Yeah, you need to be comfortable. I think you're right, mate. But that's okay because we've got Ish Sodi in there. Um, and as long as Ish is there, I'm, I'm feeling great. Now, to, tonight, uh, it's Trent Bolt versus Martin Gupta, which is a very strange thing to consider in the Big Bash. Um, as, a, as a product, we've watched the Big Bash kind of water itself down over and over again. What about this Nessa catch, mate? How are you going to solve that? What are you and your What are you and your uh, cricket buddies doing to, to <laughs> how, What's What's going on? Like, is you, what's the committee at Cornwall going to do about this? Mate, it's not up to me to solve the issues of the ICC because yeah. that wouldn't be my first job. F- figure figure it out, mate. Figure it out. It's a disgrace to world sport. <laughs> <laughs> a disgrace. That's a strong word to use. It is a very silly rule, though. Obviously, uh, I'm excited. Probably the most excited for a BBL game that I've been this season. Bearing in mind that. I haven't watched a massive amount of Big Bash as much as probably we normally watch um, at our humble abode. Uh, Guptill hasn't been great, to be honest. She hasn't actually been very good since he joined. I think it's 18 runs in three games that he's got, including that duck on debut. But at the same time, none of the Kiwis have really fired, apart from Colin Munro got, I think it was 98 last week. Trent Bolt's got five wickets at more than, I think, 37 I saw earlier and we know the class that Trent Bolt possesses and Colin de Grandpom and yeah Martin Guptill's coming towards the end of his career but he's still Martin Guptill and it's still on Australian wickets where Martin Guptill's had success in the past on those hard wickets so um, what do I expect to happen probably neither of them to really do anything if oh, look at what's happened so on, far but on, I, hope, I, hope that, I hope that what happens is that Trent Bolt comes out has Martin Guptill play and miss a couple of times and they change the bowling Martin Guptill goes absolute <laughs> berserk scores 100 and somehow Trent Bolt still takes Fifer. that's what I want to happen <laughs> yeah very very good right Thank you, mate. Appreciate appreciate your time on All Things Cricket. It's uh, that time of year. And actually, because it's that time of year, we're putting a team... It's Teamless Tuesday. We're putting together a playing 11 of athletes wearing humiliating accessories in honour of Gerwin Price's ear defenders. I'm sure you've seen these. <laughs> so at the moment, he's opening the batting. We need an opening part. We've got Edgar Davids uh, running hard between the wickets at five. We've got Artie Savia slogging at six. We've got Pete McGlashan, because of the goggles, we've got Pete McGlashan's softball mask keeping. We've got a teenage debut Dan Vittori captaining with his science department glasses. We've got Alan Hewson just bowling dibblies with his pantyhose, Dennis Lilly's aluminium bat at 10 and Peter Check at 11. So if you could just come up with anything else as far as humiliating accessories go, just just wire it through before the end of the day, would you? Yeah, there's nothing that I can think of off the top of my... Oh, maybe like some punishing hair? Like da- David, had David Beckham? In the 2005 Ashes. Oh, what about Baz's frosted tips opening the batting? Mate, leave Baz's frosted tips alone. I'm all here for it. Bring them back, actually. Bring them back. Adam Zampa's any type of hair that Adam Zampa has had. Oh, that's not, that's not bad. All right. Appreciate it, Chaffee. We'll talk later. Easy, bro.
There you go, Alex Chapman. News Hub cricket reporter. Loves the game. Bowls terrible outswing. Pies. 19 minutes past four o'clock. There's a bit of cricket. Double eight, double three. Is that fair enough of us to be a little bit disappointed that the Black Caps ended up in 309 for six? Jeez, we're privileged, are we? Maybe even ungrateful. Is that wrong of us? Like, do you understand? Because I kind of get it. I get what Chappie was saying there. 309 for six. The way Latham and Conway were making it so easy, look so easy, I should say, is that just a bit unfair? Double eight, double three. Are you happy with the performance? How can you see it going tonight? I mean, how many runs do we need? Everything cricket, 0800 150 811.